What up? We are back again today in the studio rocking with you guys again. For those of you who are new and are longtime listeners, welcome back to Get the Ball Rolling. As always, this is your host, Tyler, rocking with you guys on this wonderful day. Now, wherever you guys are listening, good morning, good afternoon, good night, whenever, wherever you guys are listening. Very excited to be with you guys. We're going to be bringing you guys a no, another college football season. It is right around the, the corner. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I do live in the great, wonderful state of Utah. And it is that time of year uh, where the monsoon season has kicked up. It is in full force. It is completely downpouring outside. You can smell the the rain. And uh, that just signals uh, maybe a little bit of the, the changing of the tide. We've, we've had a very uh, long and a very hot summer here in the great state of Utah. But uh, with the rain and, and uh, it kicking up, usually means that football season is right around the corner. Now, I don't want to dilly-dally too long. For you guys, I want to get into the main point and maybe why you selected uh, on this podcast. Now, I get this question a lot, uh, and so we're gonna, we'll are gonna we be jumping into that. Uh, first, I kind of want to talk a little bit just briefly about the schedule. We'll jump into the main or, or the meat of the podcast, the main points of the podcast, and then we'll wrap it up, put a bow on it, and send it out to you guys, and then get ready for nonstop preseason talk going forward. Starting to ramp up, let me tell you, and I cannot wait. So, as far as the schedule goes, um, like I said, for those of you uh, who are new to this podcast, longtime listeners know that we talk all things college football. Our main focus really is on the FCS, the, the FCS subdivision of college football, but at times we do branch out and talk big picture uh, as far as college football goes. Now, again... We have other podcasts. If you uh, if you want to listen more more in depth to like the Big Ten, for example, please go check out the Big Ten Football Focus podcast, where I am the host there, um, presented by Woos Media for you guys. Uh, and we in the past we've done a Boise State podcast, so we've we've gone big, we've gone small, uh, and so. Mainly, you know, we talk about the FCS, but that's not going to preclude us from talking about the overall state of college football, uh, and so. I want to get into uh, the question that I get asked the most, and that is, if you were the com- if you were the commissioner, or if you had all the power in the world to say this is what I want to do with college football, what would you do? So I want to let you guys kind of think on that. Um, like I said, we're going to be doing a couple more podcasts in in preparation for the 2023-2024 football season. We're going to be going over all things FCS, maybe a little bit of FBS. Uh, you know, it's it uh, dog days of summer. Not a ton of news coming out of the FCS. We might be jumping a little into the FCS as well. So now, if you if you haven't thought long enough. Right. If you were given the keys to the kingdom, you could be the king of all kings in college football. What would you do? Pause this podcast right now, and then and then jump into it later. All right. So those of you who paused and thought about that, if you're in the car on your way to work, whatever, let's get into it. Now I get this question asked constantly through Twitter, personally, uh, through email, of course, uh, friends, coworkers, family. What would you do? You you talk a lot of college football, Tyler. What would you do to make it better? Uh, some people talk about NIL. Some people talk about the playoff is a big one. 
recruiting recruiting rules, uh, restriction as far as transfer rules, restructuring. Uh, there's a lot of ideas that people come up and they give to me, right? Now, I'm in my mid-20s, so I'm not super old, but I feel like in my studies through business school and then into the workforce and, and where I'm working at now, I feel like there's a few things that people, you, you need to have a, B, and C, D to, to be successful. One of the things that I feel like most successful people that I've seen in my life, they have the ability to see around corners. What is going to come? Now, there's going to be unpredictabilities, right? COVID being one, completely unpredictable. We, we didn't realize that the entire country was going to be shut down. The world was going to be shut down uh, in, in fear of the virus and, and the health and safety of, of the citizens of the world, right? But for the most part, you can see things, you can kind of see around corners, right? For a lot of people, that, that's not going to mean much, but you can see that there have been people that have taken aspects of their of their job. And I think the best person that I see, I've seen this, Roy Williams and Coach K, those two, and it's more so college basketball, and there's a lot of college football par parallels as well. But in college basketball, there was a lot. The one-and-done rule, right? The transferring, the constant transferring. I feel like there's been people that have been able to be adapt adaptable and have adapted to the new rules uh, as far as college football goes, as far as college basketball goes. There's some people that just don't have it, that haven't figured it out, and we don't see those teams being successful. I don't mean to, to nitpick or poke in the eye, but Nebraska hasn't been relevant really since the 90s, 80s, right? I mean, maybe a little bit under Pope Pelini, but not challenging national champions, right? I feel like Saban has been able to catch on to this. Saban uh, is, is, is a master class of a coach, of course, but he was able to see around corners long before what was happening. He's made himself very vocal, very known on a lot of different issues as well. So that's what I see. But and so this is why I, this is my chance to kind of see around a corner. What is America going to look like, right, five years from now? What's college football going to look like five years from now? Where as a society are we moving? And this might be a long intro to get to this, but, but stick with me. I feel like soccer, right, football, if you're from Europe, right, rest of the world, soccer is growing in popularity, not just uh, – you know, here in the state of Utah, but across the entire United States. We're seeing a lot more, uh, a lot of players playing soccer, electing to play soccer. We see that the U.S. men's national team had a great uh, World Cup in Qatar. They were able to get out of the group stage. We see the women's. Uh, right now, they're currently playing when this podcast is being recorded, hoping to get back to three, back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back World Cups, right? Three-time world uh, in a row, a three-peat, as far as that goes. And so, I, I've done a lot of study, and, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I'm actually a, a, a soccer coach myself, but I've done a lot of study on it, and I think the relegation and promotion system in, in soccer is absolutely wonderful. I love the idea that you reward the people who play maybe lesser, or you know, quote-unquote lesser football, right, in, in Europe, lesser football, and the people who are not playing up to the high standards get 
relegated, right? So, and my, and my question for you guys, and, and a lot of people will immediately hear soccer, they hear the comparison, they see socialism, they, they don't even want to hear it. If you're one of those, pause, it, pause this podcast, stop the podcast, you're not going to like what, as we go forward as we talk about this. But we're going to take the concept of promotion and relegation and put it into a college football context. I want to ask you guys, why on earth Indiana is the losingest college football team ever? The losingest has the most amount of losses ever. Why do they deserve to be in the Big Ten? Because they're geographically located. Okay, fair point. Because they were one of the the founders. Because they, what? Tell me why they deserve. You you can't point to it because Indiana in their entire time has gone to thirteen bowl games the entire time. You want to know something? What? Just some crazy statistics. I'm just going to pull a random conference up here. We're going to go to the MAC. Just we'll say geographically located. So in the time Indiana has gone to 13. Now keep in mind they're four and ten overall. Let's just go through the MAC. Bowl games all time. Now you might push back. I can understand. Well, tradition, right? Rose Bowl. That was kind of the bowl game. Regardless. We're talking, for the most part, since the turn of the century going forward is kind of what we're looking at. Toledo, 11-9. and nine. They've been to 20. Uh, Northern Illinois, 4-10. and 10, Have the same amount of wins. One extra bowl game they've went to, right? Uh, you look at Central Michigan, exact same, 4-9. and nine. They've been to 1-4, uh, uh, been to 13 total. You look at a team like... Ohio, they have been to 14 again, but six total. You look at Miami, Ohio, eight and six, more. And you just go through this. Bowling Green, five and nine, right? Still five wins, but they've been to more. Uh, and you go through just a thing like the, the MAC, out of, out of the 12, there's maybe eight teams that have been to more bowl games and either have won as much or as Indiana has in those bowl games. And so you've got to say, well, what's the measure of success? The measure of success is a bowl game, right? The end of the road for most college football is not a national championship, right? There's only one winner. And to be honest, over the last few years, we've seen repeat winners or out of the same group of people, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, be winning year after year. And we can even transition that into the FCS, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Pretty much, I mean, North Dakota State has absolutely dominated the FCS. What is the worst thing that a league or, or, or we as a society can do is get stuck in a rut and say everything is good because it's always been that way? No, break out of that thinking. Let's try to make college football even more intriguing, even more fun. Now, that is not, this is not going to get rid of bowl games. The promotion relegation system is not going to get rid of the college football playoff in the FBS nor the FCS. This would just allow us to have a little bit more that on a cold October night when Rutgers and Indiana were at the top, we're playing Rutgers right in, in, in mid-October last year, play a basically pointless game, three and five. Indiana wasn't going to be making the play the playoffs. Indiana wasn't even going to be making a bowl game. Now, maybe every coach would think, hey, maybe maybe we are able to slip away. Okay, look at Virginia Tech playing against uh, playing against Georgia Tech beginning of November, right? 27-28, they lose. Only have two, two wins so far That's that, at that point in the season. It doesn't matter. These gate and that is the worst place to be at is because we as a society are getting we have more options available to us right as far as streaming as far as content the leagues need to get 
creative or you are going to get left in the dust. We're starting to see the emergence of the superpowers. There's always been a superpower in college football. I just think that that game against Indiana, if they're playing Rutgers, and it means that one of them would be going to the MAC versus staying in the Big Ten, totally different. Now, a couple of ways that I think that you're going to support this. There's got to be some kind of a money exchange. Now, a lot of people inside of college football and call inside college sports hate uh, to talk about money because they want to act like there has been, never been payouts. They want to act about the purity of the sport. That is incorrect. There's always been money exchanged, always. So if you are, right, we're talking about TV revenue. If you are in the Big Ten, similar to the Premier League or the SEC, you guys have television rights. There's a lot of controversy right now about the Pac-12's media rights, right? There's no deal. We don't know where they're going to be playing, where when it's going to be played on. Uh, Pac-12 is an absolute mess right now. But regardless, they get way more share of revenue than, let's say, the MAC, the Sun Belt or any of the FCS conferences, I mean, combined. I, I, I love it, but they put all the FCS conferences basically on ESPN Plus and or, or CBS Sports, or there's a Flow Sports as well for the CAA. Really not a lot of options, but regardless, there are television rights, and so each team gets a share of the total revenue, right? And then uh, as far as, I, I don't really know as much as uh, in, in college football if the bowl, I think the bowl goes straight, part goes to the conference, part goes to the team. Uh, I know a lot more in college basketball and, and other places, but uh, regardless, there, there's money. So you're going to get a share of, of the revenue that you win. Now, does it need to be distributed equally? Maybe. Maybe you do it a tiered system. Maybe the top four get a certain percentage and the rest uh, eight or the rest uh, ten. They don't get as much. Regardless, I don't want to get into semantics and get into the nitty-gritty details. We're going to be talking about this overarching thing. But regardless, we would say, okay, Indiana, you no longer have access to Big Ten money. You now have access to MAC money. And in order to get back to the Big Ten, you are going to spend a season in the MAC playing against Bowling Green and Kent State and Akron. And if you're able to make it up, you're not only going to be rewarded with a bowl victory, but you're going to have better ad revenue. And to be honest with you, I think there's a lot of positives, and the positives outweigh the negatives in the scenario of, of a team being relegated. So for all intensive purposes, I have been able, I uh, was able to create what the conferences would look like as far as promotion relegation uh, for the FBS and then also into the FCS. I haven't forgot about you guys. We'll be getting to you shortly. So out of the Power Five conferences, I lined them all up. SEC, ACC, Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12. And I said to myself, okay, we can't have any independents. So Notre Dame, I did put them in the ACC uh, because BYU is transitioned into the Big 12. There's been some realignment. I left them and I said, if you've been through realignment into the process, we're not going to relegate you your first year. So Cincinnati, Houston, uh, UCF, BYU, they're not going to be relegated out of the Big 12. We're going to keep the Big 12 from last year. Hey, we're just going to count them as moving forward. Now, I've also taken three teams that get relegated, right? And you're going to say, wow, that's a lot. I mean, as far as the Pac-12, that is three. Divided by 12, that comes out to one, one quarter, right? 0.25. A quarter of the teams are relegated. And I think what that is going to create is going to create urgency. It's going to create uh, for these teams, for example, uh, fringe teams in the Power Five of Vanderbilt and Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, uh, Georgia Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Rutgers, 
uh, all of these teams, right, that are fringe teams in the big in the big Power Five conferences, they're going to fight for their absolute survival. Now, like right now, when when for example Rutgers goes and plays Michigan, it's like, well, we're going to try to play spoiler by the second quarter, third quarter might be out of touch. Whatever, right? We're gonna we're just gonna live to play another game. Our goal is to get to six and six. But now it's not only to get to six and six and be rewarded for a bowl game. Now the the we're gonna throw in the fact that hey, you could be relegated if you don't beat this team. You could be relegated. Now, like I said, this will not cut away from the playoffs. I think the playoffs and the bowl system can work. I think there's ways that that'll be able to work around it. Uh, so. Uh, out of the SEC, just so you guys know, I'll kind of just roll through the Power Five conferences of who got who got relegated and then who would be promoted in their stead. So, out of the SEC, I line up the A- SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, with uh, the SEC's counter as American, the ACC's counter as the Sun Belt, the Big Ten's counter as the MAC, the Big Twelve is the Conference USA, and the Pac Twelve is the Mountain West. So out of the SEC, Auburn, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt were relegated, while Tulane, UTSA, ECU were promoted. Troy, South Alabama, James Madison were promoted, while Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Boston College were relegated. Ohio, Toledo, Eastern Michigan were promoted, while Rutgers, Nebraska, Northwestern were relegated. In the Big 12, again, a little bit tricky just because of the move-in, move-outs. Western Kentucky, Liberty, and Middle Tennessee were promoted, while Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Iowa State were relegated. And in the Mountain West, uh, the Boise State Broncos, Fresno State, and Air Force were promoted, while Arizona State, Stanford, and Colorado were relegated. So a quarter of the top teams to just be- just above a quarter or just below a quarter, right? Because we have some teams that are fourteen, would be promoted. Now you're going to say, well, could you imagine Troy going up against Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, or Pitt last year? No, I could not. And is Troy going to struggle? Absolutely, they will. But that's not. When you look at European soccer and you look at, at what happens, right, you look at a team like Lutontown, who had went from playing non-league football to now being in the Premier League, the story of that is the story of America, of, of we love the underdog until we don't love it anymore, right? We want to see them win. We want to cheer for them. George Mason in, the, in, the, in, the, in college basketball, VCU, Wichita State, we love the stories. UMBC a few years ago. Uh, St. Peter's. We love the underdog story this year. Fairleigh Dickinson. We love it. That is something that is awesome. So, is Troy going to go get absolutely mollywhopped? Maybe. Eastern Michigan? Probably. Against the big dogs. But, they will have been fighting all year long. Now, the argument for it is, okay, so you're going to be set up against the big boys, right? At some point, you're going to play Ohio, if you're Eastern Michigan, right? You're going to play Ohio or Toledo. It's like, I've got to be Ohio and Toledo. I've got to be one other team. So, for example, and I know I bashed a lot on Indiana. They actually didn't even get relegated. But um, i got to be Indiana, and maybe I can sneak a, 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 a win against, like, a Minnesota. And I stay up. Not only does that breed for more money, for recruiting purposes, it breeds confidence within the program, and it doesn't make it so flippin' dull year after year of going 7-6, and six, going to the famous Idaho Potatoes Bowl, and having it be a toss-up. There is another element that is, that is a part of that that could be, I could be sent down to the MAC, I could be moved down, and by doing that, I want to lose out on money, 
recruits might leave me. We might have transfers out. Just like we're seeing right now with Leeds United, obviously, Aronson on the move. American boy over to the Bundesliga, right? He doesn't want to play champion, uh, in the second division, right? Champions. Um League football, uh, it's not Champions League, but Champions, uh, the, the stage or whatever, right below the Premier League. He doesn't want to play in that with Leeds, so they have now put him on loan into the Bundesliga. Now Leeds might be promoted. We saw last year with Burnley get promoted at a record pace. Getting back to it, they dominated all of the teams in the, in the championship, and it's like now they're up in the Premier League. Now can they stay up? That's yet to be seen. So not only do you have the, right, the top teams, they're, they're not going to be, we don't have anything above this tier, this group of five, or the, the power of five. Now, the group of five will have a very interesting, because about half of their conference will constantly be changing, because you're going to have the relegation from the top divisions, and you're going to have promotions from the FCS. Yes, from the FCS. And I think this is, is, is wonderful, because I think there's a lot of talent in the FCS that goes unnoticed and goes unchecked, and then by the time you look up, you're like, man, who, who, who is this guy again? Where, where did he play? Why is he absolutely destroying, you know, in the NFL? Well, because you didn't turn on and watch North Dakota State every single week. You didn't turn on and watch Northern Iowa every single week. So, um, for the intensive purposes of relegation and promotion into the group of five to the FCS, I lined up the SOCON with the American, the Ohio Valley slash Big South, because they've kind of created that coalition. We're going to put them together with the Sun Belt, uh, the CAA with the MAC, the Missouri Valley with Conference USA, and then the Big Sky with the Mountain West. So, uh, out of last year, uh, the promotions to the SoCon and the demotion or the relegation, we had Sanford for Manuga, uh, uh, relegated was Temple Charlotte USF. Uh, for the Sun Belt, we'd have Southeast Missouri, UT Martin and Gardner Webb be promoted, while Texas State, uh, Old Dominion and Arkansas State would be relegated. For the MAC, we had William & Mary, uh, New Hampshire, and Richmond get promoted, while Northern uh, Illinois, UMass, and Akron. Again, I had to move around those uh, those independents, right? They would be relegated. Uh, out of the Missouri Valley, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, North Dakota all get promoted, while UTEP, FIU, and Louisiana Tech were relegated. And then in the Big Sky, Sacramento State, Montana State, Weber State were promoted, while Hawaii, Nevada, New Mexico were relegated. Now, we see this again. Another precedent is we had... Uh, Idaho, who was once in the FBS, go back to the FCS. So uh, Idaho played great. They made the playoffs last year. We remember how it went down against Southeast Louisiana. So the gap between Idaho and, and, and Nevada, I really don't think is that far. Now, would it suck if you're playing in the group of five and all of a sudden you're now in the big sky? If you're in Nevada, Hawaii, or New Mexico, of course it will. But that will, that will test you to get back up there. Now, do I think Idaho, UC Davis, Montana could play with a Hawaii, Nevada, New Mexico? Of course. And wouldn't that be so entertaining that the top of the big sky and the bottom of the Mountain West are playing against each other to see who gets back, promoted back to the Mountain West. I think that'd be absolutely phenomenal. I think we get some wonderful football games. Again, on top of fighting for a playoff spot, this is not take away from the playoffs. You look at that at, at, at a CAA. Now, what's crazy 
is uh, when you look across some of these, and, and of course, maybe we could rearrange the leagues. Maybe we have a, a promotion within it. It's like, hey, if you're in the MAC, you're not automatically going to get promoted up. Uh, maybe we combine it to, to four divisions. We're just going chalk with what we've got. Uh, there's a lot of different scenarios we could run out. But what's crazy is you could have a Nebraska who, with all their history, all everything, all of the, the acumen that is... Uh, that is Nebraska football, be playing, because they were relegated, be playing against a New Hampshire. Wouldn't that be so entertaining? And maybe they just absolutely run through them. But again, New Hampshire, if they get promoted, it's to beat Central Michigan, Ball State, and Kent State, and just stay up. Because again, I think that bodes well for recruiting, bodes well for money, it bodes well for selling your school. Now, uh, because there are more, uh, there's more, uh, conferences in the FCS, we obviously have a relegation and promotion. So I put the Southland, the Pioneer, the, the NEC, the Patriot, and the United Conference uh, below the perspective uh, SoCon, Ohio Valley, CAA, Missouri Valley, Big Sky. Uh, for those of you out there, uh, UIW, uh, Southeast Louisiana, Texas a Commerce would be promoted. ETSU, Wofford, VMI would be relegated. St. Thomas, Davidson, Dayton promoted. Charleston, e EIU, and Robert Morris relegated. St. Francis, Merrimack, LIU, promoted. Albany, Maine, Stony Brook, relegated. Holy Cross, Fordham, Lafayette, promoted. Indiana, St. Murray State, Western Illinois, relegated. And then uh, Eastern Kentucky, Austin P. and Ab Abilene Christian, promoted. NAU, Cal Poly, Idaho State, relegated. Now, I just did this for, for regular D1 college football, FBS, FCS, right? When Could you expand this further to a Division II? Maybe. Maybe you could. Now, there's a lot of different nuances, right? For example, the Pioneer League, they don't have scholarships. And what would it mean if all of a sudden, you know, uh, St. Thomas, Davidson, Dayton are now playing in scholarship players? What would that look like? I, there's a lot of things, like I said, not the nitty gritty, but you can see what, what I'm trying to get out. The promotion and the relegation of college football. And I, I think it's a wonderful idea. Now, I don't want to be like the guy that, uh, you know, where you have one hammer so everything looks like a nail. Everything is like, I, I can solve it with one problem. I can solve this. Are we going to solve NIL with this promotion relegation? Absolutely not. Are we going to solve the, the transferring, uh, not sitting out a year or, or mid-season transfers with this? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Are we going to solve the disparity between the top 10 teams in college football and the bottom 10 teams in college football? Absolutely not. But, like I said, it adds a secondary dynamic that I don't think is there right now in college football. And what I don't want to see happen, uh, and, and again, I don't think it would just because college football is so uh, beloved in, in and football in general is so beloved in this great nation. But what I don't want to see is year after year it be the same old, same old. We're going to have great games. But at the end of the year, we can count you know, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. They're going to be there, and this is going to be one of those. And maybe it still stays that way. And I think that's why you could you could sell this to the bigger schools as, hey, not much is going to change for you guys. You guys aren't going to be you know relegated. Alabama, could you imagine them ever being relegated? Absolutely not. Now Auburn, after a bad season, they deserve to go down. They don't. And um, this is coming as a Tigers fan. They do not deserve to be up there. Tulane, going twelve and two last year, deserves to play at the highest level of college football possible and to enjoy the 
the television, the money, the allure, the hype, the big lights of it. And like I said, I think it allows programs to build differently. And I think it would allow programs to have another set of or another agenda, right? I think a lot of teams, there's, there's expectations, right? There's expectations every single year and people are going to be happy with the expectations that were brought like did they exceed the expectations uh so for example the best the best thought i have on this is uh the best the best thought i have on this lsu last year lsu and <laughs> by all accounts uh people did not think brian kelly was going to was going to be very good a lot of more saying he wasn't going to make a bowl game a lot of people were saying he's not even going to get a winning record uh a lot of people were saying this is, is crazy he left notre dame to go to lsu uh you know obviously with the departure of ed orgeron and and, and whatnot but uh a lot of a lot of talk, and what happens? He absolutely turns it around, right? In in just a few games, just a few football games. Yeah, did he lose uh, at the beginning of the year? Of course, he wasn't going to be perfect losing to Florida State, but he went to the freaking SEC title game and played against Georgia. Now, did they get mollywop thirty to fifty? Of course, but you talk about LSU. You talk to LSU fans right now. Everyone is incredibly excited for this season. They're like. 100% approval rating for Brian Kelly, despite his cringy videos that he put out online, right? 100% approval rating. Holy cow, this guy's awesome. Well, it's because you were picked 6th or 7th in the SEC West, and you went and won the dang thing. Of course you're going to be happy. What about if they would have been picked first? They'd be like, oh yeah, like, like, like Alabama fans right now, are you guys happy? Well, no, it was, it was a down year. We didn't win it. Okay, it was a down year, right? And so it, I think it goes back to expectations. Uh, so I think when you sit down, if, if these athletic directors and the school boards and the, and the presidents, they sit down with their college football coach and they say, hey, look, we don't want to get relegated. We want you to stay up. Um, we understand, you know, for example, we'll take uh, just one team. Uh, that I, I think would struggle. Uh, like we'll say a middle, middle Tennessee, right, in the Big 12. Look, we're not going to lie. You're not going to go up against, you're not going to beat a Cincinnati, a Houston, uh, you know, Texas. Oklahoma was relegated, but a Texas, 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 Kansas State, TCU. You go re really, for the, realistically, we're going to be battling against, you know, three or four teams to try to, to stay up. So don't get relegated. Try to get, we'll, we'll say six and six to get to a bowl game is, is, is kind of a mid-level achievement. Uh, but for the most part, we're just going to say, hey, we want you to do that. I think it gives another level of, of clarity for these coaches as well. Because, again, I, I don't think a lot, of, a lot of teams out there, a lot of uh, presidents, school boards, athletic directors really are clear with their coaches. You see a lot of coaches, they get fired, and they're like, I don't even know why I was fired. I, we, were, we were building. We had one down year, and all of a sudden I'm fired. You know, I've been here three years. I'm, my, my kids that I just recruited, this is their second year in my system. And, and of course, there's all of these, these excuses, these built-in in, in problems and stuff like that. And that's why I'm saying I don't think this is a, a, a save-all and in not going to right, fix everything. But I think this is, uh, again, another very dynamic uh, – a very dynamic spot for for college football so that those are my thoughts that would be like i said if i had to 
choose something to change college football or if I was a commissioner, uh, that would be my first step. Of course, there's a lot of other little steps that I'd take. I think creating an NIL coalition would be great. I think individual players should get paid, but I think that uh, there's the, the sponsorships that go to universities and, uh, and, and the likes, right? I personally think as well that players deserve to get compensated for that. I don't mean to be rude, but I don't think there's a lot of people out there uh, looking to pay the D-tackle or the right tackle, right? Uh, and I think that the school should reward them, not only in scholarships, but if, pair, if, if, if companies in the area are willing to sponsor athletics, uh, I think that they should be allowed to designate it into an NIL fund for those particular players. And let's not kid ourselves. I love uh, football. Uh, I love. I've been a part of college athletics my for for four years. I, I had the great chance of being a part of a, a cross country and track team, and so I I'm not gonna lie. I loved every minute there. But cross country doesn't bring in money. Track does not bring in money. It is it is a parasitic sport and not parasitic in the way that it's like, oh, I don't want to be around this sport or anything like that. It's uh, parasitic in the way that it's not bringing in money for the individual schools. Uh, really, football, some basketball programs and some baseball programs, for the most part, most, most sports are parasitic. They're not going to be bringing in money. You're going to be spending more money on coaches, equipment, athletes, scholarships than, uh, than what are bringing into the, into the school. So, uh, like I said, I think that they should be able to, 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 to pull out and say, Hey, I want to give it to the NIL, you know, football collective or the NIL soccer collective. I want to go directly to the kids, uh, because being a, a college athlete, uh, just in my experience briefly before I let go, I know we've kind of went uh, a little long on this podcast, but uh, in my experience, uh, I had, I had teammates and I had, uh, you know, friends that, that took, took part of college athletics. Of course, some of my teammates, uh, some of them were scholarships, some of them weren't, some of them you just can't work uh, during that time. And so they're either taking out student loans or you know they're scraping by with what they can get. Uh, I feel like most people aren't the top one percent in their parents, right? I went to I went to a, a small college in in southern Utah, Dixie State, now Utah Tech. Uh, you know, for the most part, we weren't getting crazy alumni money, right? It, it's a small college. And you can say, well, you know, tuition's cheap or whatnot, but uh, I had friends and stuff where it was like, hey, man, I got I to gotta save every penny. I need to buy myself a new pair of jeans. It's like, ah, I'm not going to eat tonight because I need, I need a pair of jeans. Uh, you know, my, I can only work so much over the summer between training and, and stuff like that. I mean, just our practices, right? We were, we were up at 5 in the morning lifting and running, going to school all day followed up by running at night again for the most part two times a day practicing and and each sport is different of course uh you know soccer might might lift in the morning practice at night uh we of course our, our bodies had to be a little bit in in different training and stuff like that so uh it, it just hinders your your ability and i think it would be cool if not only goes to the program, right? Hey, I want to be able to provide you guys with a trip to uh, to Provo. We had some some generous people that, that would donate to the program itself uh, or to the athletic fund, right? And then we could use it like, oh, you know, or you know, invitations from certain universities that would pay for for expenses and stuff like that. But for the most part, I mean, college athletics is, it's it 
most people aren't getting paid to do it. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a scholarship, but I think this would, the, the NIL collective would, would definitely help as well. I think the promotion relegation would be something that's really cool. Uh, and, and really, I think, like I said, it just adds one more layer uh, of uniqueness. And do I want to see that with the NFL? No. Do I want to see that with the NBA? No, I don't want to see that there. I don't, I don't think, I'm not going to kid myself, I'm not going to think that college could then be promoted to the NFL. No, absolutely not. But I think, uh, you know, I think fighting for, for promotion, and if you're Ohio or Toledo or Tulane, and you have a really good season, I think you should be rewarded for that, not just off of a bowl game, but you know, into a better conference, playing against better opponents. And if you suck and you don't have a good season, I think you should, right? Um, Iowa State, for a long time, has been really good. Like five, six years, Campbell's done really well. And they didn't have a good season last year after Purdy left and they couldn't put it together. Why do you deserve to be in the Big Ten? Or Big 12? Why does why does Northwestern deserve to be in the Big Ten right now? They don't. They don't. I think they should go down to the back and they should play. Now, like I said, I'm not going to kid myself. This, I, I, I think this is a really unique idea. I think it's a very progressive idea. And I don't think a lot of people will like it. Uh, I, I'm not going to kid myself. But if you gave me the reins and said, I get to play commissioner, I get to play the guy that knows everything in college football, this is what I would do. So there's a lot more to come. As far as get the ball rolling, I know we, we a lot of our examples and stuff like that were FBS related. But just for a brief second, could you imagine if North Dakota State ended up like in the in the freaking Pac-12 or in the Big 12? You know how much fun that would be for the Bison fans out there. Do you guys understand what it would be like for South Dakota State? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. If you guys want me to go down the rabbit holes, let me know. Reach out to me on Twitter. Email us. Talk to me. You guys know uh, this podcast has grown almost 6x year over year, uh, and we're hoping for another great season. So let me know what you think. Let me know if you like this idea, number one. Uh, of course, subscribe, rate, review. Let us know uh, You know what we could be doing better, uh, what, what you guys want to hear more of. But... Continue uh, to let me know your ideas because I would love to hear it. Maybe I'm completely off my rocker. Maybe you know, I'm, you know, you can call me a European socialist because I want to implement you know a soccer uh, ideology inside of college football. That's crazy. We'd never do that. Uh, but I think it'd be unique. So just something for you guys to think about in the in the off season. Uh, like I said. Lots more to come as far as the FBS and the FCS go. Uh, we'll be doing um, some previews as far as the FCS. Uh, you know, different kind of of schedules different kind of breaking down that uh there's been a lot of coaching changes and stuff like that i do apologize uh, a lot of people asked where my recap of the national championship was i watched it but to be honest with you it was boring uh, I'm tired. Like I want to see unique. I thought I thought the most unique thing that has happened in the FCS the in the last little bit was the 2020 season, the COVID season, and I got so much pushback when I was like, "Well, maybe we move it to the fall to, to the spring." So many people hated that idea. On Twitter, I got called an idiot, got made fun of. Right, I. I don't really care to go to Frisco and watch what we watched. Congratulations on the national championship, but there wasn't much analysis. Most people figured that that was what it was going to be in the end. So I, I don't want boring. I want dynamic. I want to see around corners. I want to see how we, we can increase and improve a product. Does not mean that I don't love FCS. It does not mean that I don't love the teams that played in the you know, final four in the national championship. I, I don't, but... I'm sorry that I didn't give an end-of-season review. I was kind of fed up with it. I'm tired of seeing the same old, same old. I want to see new. I want to see dynamic. I want to see fun. 
Uh, maybe that's my Gen Z brain, but that's what I want to see. So, all right. Thank you guys for listening today. Again, uh, let your family, let your friends know that we are Get the Ball Rolling. We're going to continue to grow as far as subscribers. Like I said, year over year, 6X was what we grew last season, if you can believe it. Six times the, the popularity than what it was the season before. A uh, lot more ideas, a lot more fun coming forward into the college football season. Uh, but it's right around the corner. We are nearing it. This is recorded at the end of July, so we're about a month away from college football, and I cannot wait. I hope you guys have a great rest of your summer. Continue to listen. If you hit that little subscribe button, you'll be notified when we release a new episode for the preseason content. Love you guys. Stay safe out there.